1: Welcome to the NASCAR Hall of Fame, home to NASCAR's history and heritage. Inside, you'll find the Hall of Honor, where inductees are enshrined and careers are celebrated. It's where we'll be for the next hour with this young man, Eric Jones, who's had a stunning rise to NASCAR's top level. Now he aims to be a contender for years to come.
2: For me, I looked at it as it's like, it's checkers or wreckers. Eric Jones comes to the finish line. We were always charging so hard for the win. It's kind of a boom, boom, boom kind of thing.
3: He'll see the checkers at Chicagoland. (laughs)
2: About that on a hot, slick Chicago team. It's exciting, it's nerve wracking, there's a lot of different emotions that go into it. It's gonna be history at Homestead. The youngest champion ever in the Camping World Truck Series, Eric Jones. It's crazy how it comes full circle, and then now we're here and, and get ready to do it.
1: And welcome, everyone, to NASCAR America, alongside Hall of Famer Dell Jarrett, Steve LaTard, I'm Marty Snyder. Our special guest for the next hour, Eric Jones, going to be fun to hang out with you. But wait, weren't you in Grand Rapids last night at a Bob <laughs> Seger concert? I was. I saw this one. I saw it on social media. Here yeah. you are, hanging out ah, yeah. at a Bob Seger concert. So of all the people, I imagine you, a young millennial like yourself, yes. going to see Bob Seger. Now, that one yeah. I did not expect to see.
2: Yeah, there's a lot of people my age sitting around. <laughs> <They're> probably, probably <laughs> right, well, we appreciate you making the trip in. How was the concert, by the way? Was it good? It was great. You know, uh, Bob's 72 years old, and, uh, wow. and to see him, he played for like two hours, almost two and a half hours, Man. 22 songs, almost almost every song. I mean, when you think of Bob Seger, you think yeah. all his songs. So it was really good. I mean, he rocked it. He's, he still does it.
3: I'll admit, I mean, when I think about Stevie, <laughs> I'm not sure how many st- songs I can name. So I'm gonna have to talk <laughs> to him later and get the oh, list. You know
2: on. the Silver Bullet
1: Band, man. Come I on, Stevie. Know. Yeah, I'm you do.
2: Little Michigan guy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there you, there you go.
1: go. There's the tie-in. So how's the season going for you so far? Obviously, it looked like a fantastic stretch until
2: Chicago happened. Looked like things
1: were going very well
2: for you. Yeah, you know, we were on a really nice run until Chicago, and unfortunately, um, I wouldn't say we we took a step back. Just really a lot of miscues between myself and 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 everything. So. Uh, just a bad weekend uh, in general. You know, a lot of things went wrong. It seemed like everything that could go wrong just kept happening. But um, you know, it doesn't take away from I think what we've done over the last couple months. I think it's it's been um, it's been really rewarding to, to be in that position where we were running in the top ten, the top five, consistently running up front was uh, was definitely really nice.
3: So that's my question: is when you talk about your rookie season, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we talk about expectations, veteran guys going for a championship. How did you even approach the season? Like, what were the goals? What were the expectations? Were there any sort of milestones you were trying to hit throughout the year?
2: Yeah, there were. I mean, there was a few of them. I think you know the the biggest ones for me were were trying to win a race and, and making the playoffs. I was, obviously, making the playoffs didn't happen, but um, we still have the opportunity to win a race. You know, you, I look back at the last few seasons and guys who have been rookies in the sport, and, and it's it's so hard to win races now. You just don't see rookies do it a lot. So. I thought it would be really special if we could win a race this year. And, and um, there's some really good tracks that are coming up for us that we'll have a shot at. We came close, but, um, you know, I think that's the biggest goal left for me, really, is just to try to win a race. You kind of sold me Bristol. I thought Bristol was booth. I thought, yeah, I you thought Bristol, was Bristol was yours. Yeah, yeah. So. yeah. 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 only
4: probably the, the best driver maybe ever to, yeah. to run there <laughs> right. is the one guy that beat right. you. Right. You, yeah. you know,
2: what's really unfortunate, I, I look back, and uh, a lot of times when I was racing trucks in Xfinity and Kyle would come in and race, i always run second to him. And I'm like, you know what the problem is? This guy is who taught me how to race these cars. (laughs) so I'm good at all the same tracks that he's good at, except he's been doing it for about 10
4: more years than I have. So when you think about the season, I mean, your career has been on a fast pace uh, all the way to the Cup Series here and now. But as you went in, are are there things that have surprised you? And I actually saw something uh, that you said about now you approach the weekends a little bit differently than the way that you started out the year.
2: Yeah, I do. I think – when I started out the year, I wasn't really sure what to expect. I mean, you just don't know. You've never (laughs) been there. You've never done it. So, uh, when I was in the truck in the Xfinity series, you know, it, it wasn't, uh, we had really fast cars in, in both of those series. Joe Gibbs racing was dominant last year. Cobblish motorsports was really fast and I was there. Um, so I was able to really come in and even if I didn't know the track very well or anything, just hammer down and, and the speed was there. So you just figure out the rest along the way. Uh, but when I came into the Cup Series, I kind of came in with the same approach, and uh, it, it doesn't quite work that way. There's there's uh, 39 other guys out there that are pretty good at it. So I had to really kind of change it up and really put uh, put the extra work in. You know, I mean, I put the work in in the truck in the Xfinity Series, but not like I've had to put in in the Cup Series. And just what goes into the weekend between the studying and watching the races back and really reading through the driver report that I get sent every week, just really paying attention and really trying to digest all that stuff um has been big for me and not only that but leaning on my teammates using my resources you know i I, it's hard sometimes as a driver you don't want to swallow your pride and ask for help from another driver but uh using that more and more throughout the year has been a big help for me as well so you talk about that stepping stone
3: we were talking before we came on camera and you and i have had this conversation i've failed to try i've tried every different way to relay to the fans just how difficult it is from saturday to sunday from xfinity to cup um so now you have made that transition. Yeah. I'll see if you're <laughs> any more successful explaining to everybody what you thought about that transition. Because every time the fans are like, well, I just don't see it that way. But I try to explain I, how difficult it is.
2: You know, I, I've been trying to think of a way to explain it. And the best way I can think of, honestly, is uh, I was talking to somebody last weekend and they were they were commenting on a, a driver from another series, another form of motorsports, was saying, how can, at Richmond, how can Kyle Busch and Brad Keselowski run away from the entire Xfinity field like that? It, I mean, he's like, you know, are they, right. what's the deal? And I'm like, they're that much better. Right. They are literally that much better. There, you know, there, there's other guys in that field that are driving the same equipment that they have, uh, and they can't do the things they're doing. So that's that's the biggest thing for me. I mean, those guys are just they're that much better. When you watch those Xfinity races and see Kyle and Brad and Joey come in, and they're just destroying everybody it's because they're that much better so I'm that, I mean, that's no true. offense but you you go on that list of kind of <laughs> yeah. the Saturday races so uh yeah, you're on that list as well we're trying I still try to keep up with Kyle when he's coming in and doing it so you're talking about these things and all the things
4: that you're having to do now and getting prepared and studying and all of this stuff so that sounds more like a job than driving a race car and having fun are you still having fun I know it's always more fun when you're able to win but are you still able to enjoy it
2: you know, I am. I think it um, was just a different perspective for me. I think in the mid part of the season, I was like, man, I, this is <laughs> this is a lot of work. It, yeah. It's a grind. I mean, it's Thursday to Sunday every weekend, and I was really struggling a little bit to manage my time properly and really figure out um, how to do it and really how to approach the weekend. So after I kind of readjusted my focus a little bit and, and, and was able to really figure out how to manage my time a little bit better, how to have time for myself in my own life, uh Really, the last few months, I think, once we started running better and, and all that, it was about that time I really started to figure all that out. I just kind of, I really became more relaxed. I, I just, at one point in the year, I was just felt a little bit out of sorts, like I wasn't sure exactly what to do. Uh, and once I just kind of became relaxed and just went back to, you know, just drive the race car, just put the work in and study, you know, and do what you got to do. But at the same time, don't, don't show up and try to set the world on fire. Just, just do what you always do, and it'll work out. You were mentioning dominant
1: drivers earlier. How about your teammate? He's he's pretty good yeah. these days, isn't he? So, yeah. so what is it like to be Martin Truex Jr.'s teammate when he's destroying the field like he is <laughs> on, almost on a weekly basis?
2: You know, it's 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 tough as a, as a driver, as a rookie driver, because you know, obviously in the Furniture Row camp, I we have the same information, we have everything that's available to the seventy eight team. So, uh, at times you feel like you know we should be you should be running like that, and um, but at the same time, it's nice to have a teammate. Um, that is so dominant um, for myself to lean on. You know, I can see all his data I, uh, during the weekend. We can see his setups and just being able to go to him and say, hey, you know, what do you do and, and why is it like this? And why do you do this? Uh, has been a big help. You know, if we were if we were both struggling and running you know, mid pack, it, it would make it really tough on everybody. You know, when you don't have one car that's really dominant and running well, uh, it makes it really challenging. He's a good guy to aim for. I know yeah, that. The bar, sure. the bar is very high, though, right? <laughs> That's
1: right. It's very high. <laughs> All right, well, high. we're coming up to during the show today, where we'll we leave some of Eric's big moments, including the Snowball Derby. You remember that, where he beat Kyle Bush and really put himself on the map, and of course Kyle became his boss as well at one point. And we'll also get a glimpse into Eric's racing roots and visit his hometown of Byron, Michigan. Under 1,000 people live in Byron, Michigan, so there's certainly some great racing routes for him there. And listen up for the best radio sounds from Sunday's playoff opener as we scan all Chicago. And later in the show after that, Eric will answer some of your questions. Make sure you hit us up on Twitter. Use the hashtag AskJones and send in your question for Eric. Anything you want to ask him, he'll try to answer it later today in the show.
3: NASCAR America is brought to you by new Mobile One Annual
1: Protection. Proven protection for one full year. Here at the NASCAR Hall of Fame, the Hall of Honor has five cars that represent the Hall of Fame class for the current year. class of 2017 includes car owners Rick Hendrick, Richard Childress, and Raymond Parks, as well as drivers Mark Martin and Benny Parsons. Hey, every Wednesday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern, you can hear NASCAR on NBC personalities discuss the latest news on the sport when they join the morning drive with Mike Bagley and Pete Pistone, only on Sirius XM NASCAR radio channel 90. And, of course, yesterday's penalty for Chase Elliott knocked him to eighth on the playoff leaderboard at the top. Who else? Martin Truex Jr. with that win at Chicagoland who overcame two pit road issues to win the playoff opener. Let's hear it all how it all sounded in Scan All Chicago. playoff start today drama at a peak level that's for sure chase race number one all right my
0: brother here we are beautiful chicago 267 exciting laps nice and smooth all day here no mistakes take what it gives you don't force anything and uh we'll do our best out here with the strategy thank you appreciate it deep breath have fun man have a great day boys (laughs) nothing special just solid good luck fighting all day
4: like we always do bud yeah, simple, Have a good day there guys I'll give you all
1: got in here Good luck First race of the chase On the land Chicago We
0: can't drive in a straight line Something's not right with the front end Ricky said out oh, junior's in the wall then too We're gonna keep digging here by five. I think we should play just to be safe I don't know We're gonna go two down right now for this
1: Tongue, I'm still smelling something. Ricky Stenhouse Jr. missed
4: pit road. 17 pass through, commitment line violation. He is now a couple of laps down, back in the 40th position. Two pass on pit road, section 14. All right, hey, beating on pit road, man. you me out of my mind. We got a penalty here. I should have never trusted the damn <laughs> we're doing on pit road.
1: Martin Truex Jr. hits pit road, running third. Two fast on pit road, section 14.
4: The last one leave us leave
3: us road. you. I was on my lights fine and you know the transponder's at the back of the car and when you get to that yellow line where the speed line is you gotta wait till the back of the car passes it. And I guess I just must have gave it got on, got on the gas just a tiny bit too quick because I was speeding just right there at the exit line. So we were able to work our way back up to thirteenth on that run and fortunately didn't get a lap down, so it um, it ended up not being that bad. All right,
1: you can pedal it. Kyle Bush what a perfect stage he has put together we just got to keep
4: that up it's executing and doing a good job we know that uh, football you got to play four great quarters and uh, here you got to run 400 great miles we talked about making mistakes they could kill you
0: we got to come back here we only got three on the right rear we only had three on the right rear and instead we sent the car which you know didn't know after the fact so that's kind of poor execution there we should have just gone back and put them on and at least that way we wouldn't have to stop twice
1: and start the tail end.
0: Alright, we're gonna put a rubber in the left rear. Alright, here we go. Start well, the stars are tail. Maybe like three tenths up on the track bar for this change. Should uh, connect the center exit better,
1: three and four. As hot as that was, scenario-wise, it really worked in our favor because we got our car a lot better.
3: A huge moment for the 18. Get ready. wheel. 10
4: more, you tell which side. Over, Over the wall, please, dude. Gonna have to do a pass-through. We'll come at the last possible second. That's what
1: we will not stop at the box. multiple issues with the 18 have relegated them back a couple laps down now you know they're the best car you know that definitely made it a little bit less stressful for sure it's not i wouldn't say stress-free by any means but uh you know definitely knowing that they had trouble
0: unfortunate for them but you know somewhat fortunate for us at the same time
4: and around goes to one of jamie McMurray. I think i had any damage today no sir it's all good there,
0: Did
4: i not give that 31 enough room tell the one i'm not sure what happened short
3: stick. Casey Kane, they're not having the days they want running just around that 20th position. Two down now. Yes.
4: That 24 can be so much faster than us. Fronts so positive right now. It's the best the front's been in three years, but we don't know how we got here. Like it just
0: amazes me. Damn it. Rubble on turn number three, Eric Jones goes around. I wonder if anything more could go wrong today. Probably not. Bring it to us, and we're going to
3: stop
4: and fix it here. Martin Trex Jr., now fighting for the lead. New leader, 78,
0: come on. All right, Rush, get yourself a nice little rhythm here. Set sail. Right now, it is all Truex, and he's out front and continuing to pull away. Had to go at the line. Well, 78, must have been strolling there for a little while, because
1: he's done a lot better here recently. The last thing he wants is a caution flag to come out. I was practicing my Le Mans breathing, so I didn't freak out when the yellow came.
3: I was really in a good place there. I definitely didn't want to see a caution because we had a big lead, but I felt like if it did come out, um, that we had the car, that uh, we'd be able to stay out front.
4: He's on his way to the round of 12. Bring her to the checkered flag. Winner, Chicago, back to back. Congratulations, Mark. Martin Truex Jr. wins at Chicagoland. Unbelievable. Thank you, guys. uh, You guys are
0: the best, man. No doubt about it. Kyle Bush, 15th here this afternoon. All right, sure. That's
4: all
2: out of our system. So start-finish line. This is your celebration, my brother. Martin, you did it, bro. There's that oh, Yeah. <laughs> this is awesome, man. I'm uh, so excited. You know, this is uh, this is the playoffs. This
4: is what it's all about. This team, my team's unbelievable. Thank all the fans for coming out. We uh, we
3: love coming to Chicago. You guys rock. This one today is a big one because it will punch his ticket to the round of 12. No matter what happens in the next two weeks, Martin Truex will continue his championship drive.
1: Boy, you got to love Scanall, don't you? And so I (laughs) want to know, Eric, all those drivers who made mistakes in the playoffs, is that just the pressure of the playoffs? Why so many mistakes at Chicago?
2: I don't know. I I was actually talking about this to somebody earlier today, and, you know, it was really weird. I've watched... Obviously, I've watched the last few years, and it doesn't seem like, you know, that many guys make mistakes Uh, at one time. You see a few mistakes here and there from certain drivers, but to see that many guys make mistakes um, was was pretty surprising. So I don't know if it's so much the pressure, um, but you're just definitely, at this point in the year, you're trying to push everything, you know, to the absolute limit, and and at some point you're going to go over, and and we saw that happen with a lot of guys. So that was a little uh, precursor. That's a little hint. I know the Cup Series is new, but that is the
3: challenge that, you have to stay calm because you act a fool in the race car. We're gonna let everybody hear it during the week. <laughs> so everybody we have on here, like, kind of like, looking. Even you were looking like, am I gonna be in this segment? What did I do? Like, you were
2: good. Just, I mean, a couple little issues, but no, yeah, no. the radio was pretty calm. I've, uh, I was fairly whiny in the, in the truck and Xfinity series, but I <laughs> decided this year I was gonna just be very calm, stay off the button. I'll just just vent to myself in the car. I, I can't tell you how many
3: texts I've gotten yeah. on Sunday night. Besides. I think I helped your, your scan-all segment. I think I'm going to be in it. <laughs> yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, my man's air conditioning quit working in the middle of the race. It was blowing hot air. Yeah, that's oil. no fun. You don't fun, like that, bro. do you, DJ? No,
4: that's never never a good time, no, <laughs> no. especially having something hot. I mean, yeah. it's not an air conditioning per se, but when, it's, it's only when it goes out that you realize <laughs> it helps any at all, right? Yeah, I really <laughs>
2: noticed. I was like, man, I'm getting really hot, and uh, and I realized the AC was, oh. was failing. So. Not to, you know, if we were running up in the top five, I'd probably have been like, well, whatever, but you're really thinking about it when yeah, you're having you a rough gotcha. day, so. I still have the same question after watching that, okay. and I'm going to ask you,
4: because you were a pit crew guy, how do you leave two lug nuts off the right rear, and you're over changing the left rear?
3: I had the same question, and all I can figure is with the, with the information these crew chiefs have now, they actually get data on the air pressure through the gun. So he might have hit all five lug nuts but just knew that two weren't tight. Two weren't tight. So that's yeah. the only way. Because if not, I would have had to ask the tire change. Well, what are you doing over here <laughs> yeah. on the left yeah. if you only got three on the right? Mm-hmm. That's what I assume it was. But like you said, it was It was a, like a rash of issues. Yeah. It was yeah, not just – we talked about pit road in that crazy last segment that's very short and how easy it is to speed, but it was – I mean, you name it, it didn't happen at Chicago. Crazy yeah. stuff. All right,
1: DJ had a question. Speaking of questions, we want to start digging (laughs) into your questions for Eric Jones. Make sure you send them to us on Twitter with a hashtag AskJones. And the first one is, guess what, about your hair. Of course, it took one question to get something about (laughs) your hair. Yeah. No. Yeah, no okay. Say, okay. Steve yeah, does yeah. want to know about your hair because yeah. Steve's, Steve's working on your hair in I'm case you didn't jets. notice. Here, yeah, so uh, Frederico wants to know: Are you ever going to cut your hair,
2: Eric? Yeah. Um, we we just talked about this as well. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I'm guessing late November. It's it's probably going to be gone. Unfortunately, hmm. I can grow it back pretty quick if I wanted to. I, I one thing I did get very blessed with was some hair. I, I can grow some hair. <laughs> the mullet was like an ambition, or, or what? What was the purpose of it to start off with? Well, not not really. Uh, I just, my hair got really long, and uh, it was my 21st birthday, and we're all hanging out at the house, and um, my cousin was in town. She's like, can I cut your hair? And I'm like, yeah, sure. And everybody kind of gets to egg and yawn, and I'm like, yeah, cut it into a mullet, cut it into a mullet. And then she did it, and I had a mullet. (laughs) So... I woke up the next day I was a little regretful from that, but uh, I was like, oh, you know what? I'll just embrace it from now on. So it's, just go it's with it. Yeah, might as well. Hey, if 21st birthday regrets, a mullet? Yeah, that's yeah. what yeah. That's I was going to say. Yeah. If that's the worst, worst that comes out <laughs> yeah. of
4: it, you're okay. And Eric, good. you had a
1: plan. With Rutledge and with this one over here, Latar, we have no idea what they're doing with it. You here. know, Rut- Rutledge has got a lot going on with this area. <laughs> <here>, yeah, <laughs> Stevie does, too. He just hides it. Better. <laughs> I want to know who wore it better. Let's take a look at some of these pictures. And do you remember Mike Gundy, the... Oklahoma State <laughs> oh, head yeah, football yeah, coach. Mm-hmm. That's pretty nice. Yep. Remember what he said? I don't know. I, I think Gundy's got you on that yeah, one. You know, he he, he can went a whole, whole other, other direction then, though, after that. Yes, he did, yeah. How about Andre Agassi? Oh, oh come on, dude, man. Dude, you are behind.
3: These aren't even fair. Yeah, I mean, these guys. <laughs> didn't Agassi come out to be like a fake mullet, though? Didn't that follow No, come out that was point? real, wasn't it? I don't know. I, I don't buy it. All
1: right, how about this one? I'm ashamed to say this one. Joe Dirt. How about that? Joe That is fake. That, that is think,
3: Listen, you embrace it. I, I'm getting, yeah, you are. I'm right. you the vote. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I, appreciate it. I think that's you wearing a helmet out. for three hours. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to commit to a yeah. mullet under a helmet, yeah. that's, that's that's extra points. <laughs>
1: yeah. One. Well, you know, I think it looks. I think it looks good. I, all I know is that the ladies love it, and you know, they all talk about it. So it must be working okay. for you. You know, all
2: right. I'll, I'll go with that. Now that you're turning red, we'll go to break yeah. here
1: and talk about Eric's hometown. Hey, grew up in small town Michigan, but how did that help him develop into a Cup Series star from go karts? To the cup series we'll go over eric's racing roots when we come back on nascar america welcome back to nascar america live from the nascar hall of fame good look at glory road who knows jones your car could be there someday
2: that'd be Maybe kind be of cool it. wouldn't it? that'd be good that, that would be good, good wouldn't yeah. It? yeah i'd be good at that
1: more than 600 miles north of the Hall of Fame, though, is Eric's hometown of Byron, Michigan, with a population of just under 600 people. Byron may be small, but there's no mistaking the big support it's given for the local boy that's become a big star.
2: Racing, was it plan A all the time? Yeah. Yeah, I would say it was always plan A. Obviously, racing is not something that a lot of people get to do. There's 40 guys that get to do it for a living on Sunday. I'll carry your Home for me is Small Town USA. It's uh, Byron, Michigan. The town itself really embraced my own racing once we got to the NASCAR level. thought it would be cool if we had a sign somewhere in town that said hometown because we're all very proud of, of Derrick. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm wonderful now. You just made my whole day. All right. It's crazy. Still seeing him on TV whenever I don't get to be at the races, it's like hard to believe that that's my brother. And we're from this tiny town. We're
4: just a random family that this happened to. It's crazy.
3: I knew pretty soon
2: into it that he had... He was pretty special, but I never told him that. It's kind of surreal to be at this point now where um, you know so many people are so excited to see me. On the count of three, I want you to tell me his name. Ready? One, two, three. Yeah.
4: About
1: that man always fun to go back isn't it eric I'm, I'm assuming byron's the kind of town where everybody knows everybody right
2: oh yeah yeah i um uh, yeah i really still love it up there i i was home stayed at home this last weekend went right back after chicago so um always love when i get a chance to go back it just still feels like home to me always will I like your coochie though. He kept you
3: grounded. He knew you were talented, but he wasn't gonna like <laughs> let on or, or he yeah. let him get too far in the head, Yeah, he? I,
2: that's, uh, I still hang out with Adam all the time, and uh, he's he's still just like that today. It hasn't changed a bit. First, first go kart was it driven by your dad, or how did all that go? Yeah. Um,
1: sorry, what was it? The first, first go kart, the first yeah. experience, and racing. Oh yeah. Um, who, who was the really, one pushing you into it?
2: I, no one really. Myself, I, I pushed myself <laughs> into it. So he came home one day. I was probably three years old, and had bought a uh, like a yard cart you know just ride around the yard saw it on the way home and picked it up i thought that was the coolest thing ever so i rode that all day long around the around the yard and uh wintertime would come and we had like a circle a gravel circle driveway in front of our house and um when it would snow over i'd get the go-kart out and ride it around in the snow because i could slide and i thought that was pretty cool well i'd get it stuck about every five minutes yeah. out in the snow so i'd get out walk back Open the barn. My dad was in there, hey man, can you come get me out? He'd truck on out there, <laughs> pull me out. But uh, yeah, he was, once we got going, my, my dad and I really kind of took it over and, and took to the next level. But my mom actually, she was the one that started it all.
4: Yeah, that's know. what I was reading. But but to have that experience yeah. with your dad, so as you moved on and working on the cars, did was that a requirement that you learned about the cars uh, that you, you drove uh, to become better?
2: Yeah, it was for a long time. We never... Um, you know, we never really had anybody helping us out in quarter midgets. It was really just my dad and I. So, um, we'd come home, you know, at one point we were running three, three, actually four cars. My sister raced for a long time. So he never wanted her to work on the cars. Um, it's just, this it is how he was. He, he just didn't <laughs> like that idea. So we'd go out there and, uh, I'd do the front end and he'd do the back. Uh, I'd pull clean. He made me pull the, uh, the hubs off every week and clean them out. Cause he thought it was worse than time on the track. If they were all cleaned out and nice, and then I'd he thought we had to change the shock fluid every week, too. So I'd take every shock off, pour the fluid out after one weekend, and fill them back up with brand-new fluid just because he, he just thought that was the right way to do it. And I said, well, all right, we'll, we'll do it. <laughs> Some things you just have to do out of principles. So I want to uh, know. I mean, we, we, you're still so young, and you've run
3: so many different class. What's the longest you have run in any sort of class consistently? I mean, we say you're a
2: rookie in cup, but
3: you've been a rookie in everything, it seems
2: like. Yeah, uh, <laughs> You sound like my mom. That's she, <laughs> she, she used to get really mad at uh, my dad and I back when we were racing Quarterman just because there's so many classes, right? right? I yeah. mean, there's, there's tons of different classes. Well, every year we moved up. We never ran one class. And she's like, why? Because some of these kids would stay in these classes for five years, you know, and they're dominant. And she's like, why do you move up every year? You never get, you can't get really good at one. And it's like, well, you don't want to – you want to just keep getting better at each level, you know? You want to go to the next level. So the longest I've ever ran one one class, I mean, geez, maybe Xfinity, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. That's I, awesome. I've never ran, you know, one one car full time though, multiple years. Cup next year would be my my first time I'm doing it.
4: Yeah, I think your mom can rest easy now. I think that yeah. you've got yeah. uh, quite a few years <laughs> here yeah. in a Cup car if that's what you choose. Yeah. Uh, so now, do you, do you know a lot about? what's going on with the race cars at the shop a lot and, and understand uh, the, the things that you're doing so that, you know, that communication uh, line is open and, and you understand what your crew chief's talking about?
2: Yeah, I do. Actually, I, I I try to stay up with it. I never, never step on crew chief's foot. Never. I've never made suggestions about the race car. I'm just, it's not my place. I never felt like I don't get paid to set it up. So I've, I've never been that guy. But I do like to know, at least when we're making changes, you know, the principle of what we're doing. So, I've always really tried to stay with it, um, and it's, it's fun to go back. I, I still like to go back and race late models because I can kind of be mini crew chief on those sometimes. <laughs> so I usually mess it up more than I help it, but uh, I do try to really stay uh, stay up with what's going on in the sport with cars. So when you have that much talent behind the wheel, you don't have to be good at the chassis stuff. That's why <laughs> that,
3: I really right study correct. all the other stuff. I never so. knew that. So I had to be, you know, <laughs> be turning want, the
1: wrenches. I wanted to ask you about the Snowball Derby. Everybody makes a big deal out of this race. Was it that race, or was it a little-known test at Nashville <laughs> in the super late model for Kyle Busch? Because, because Chris Gabehart, your former crew chief, always says that was the moment, really, when 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 he when we found
2: Eric Jones. Yeah, it's funny that that, that test really gets overlooked from the snowball, obviously, because that was a much broader scale. But uh, I went to Nashville. My buddy uh, Brandon Lyons convinced them to uh, to let me drive the car. I they didn't know who I was. I didn't know who they were. So <laughs> I just showed up. I thought it was the coolest thing in the world. I was uh, I was 16. I just turned 16, and uh, got in the car. Kyle was still there, and like, all right, hop in, uh, make, go make a few laps, you know. And I'm like, oh, I'm gonna go. I'm I'm gonna click some laps off. So I went out, and uh, I don't. Kyle probably won't won't admit it, or won't. He'll say I'm lying, but I went faster than Kyle that day. Ah. Uh, I did. Oh. I was I was <laughs> pumped. It was like two hundredths or something, (laughs) but I thought it was the greatest thing ever and I came in, but that was the weekend. Yeah. I really got to know Kyle, everybody at KBM, uh, and then the snowball just kind of, you know, compounded on all that.
3: Well, you mentioned Kyle, you're looking forward to next year. I know that there's so much corporate sharing between Toyota, but next year you're going to be Mm in-house at Joe Gibbs being Kyle's official teammate. You have to be looking forward to kind of teaming back up with Kyle.
2: Yeah, I am. It's, it's pretty cool. Um, Kind of the history we have really I look back and and the really a cool moment for me was Bristol uh racing against him it's it's like it came full circle you know I, I got my first opportunity with him in trucks and and racing against him there and in Xfinity and then it's like man we're now we're here man you know it's like I'm <laughs> doing it in cup with you and we're raising for a win so um that was really cool um so to get back and, and teaming up with him obviously he's the guy I really have leaned on a lot it'll be uh will be pre- pretty neat
4: you, you talked about your dad and, and being able to do that, and, and unfortunately, uh, you lost him a little over a year ago. But I'm sure there are things, lessons that he taught you, things that he taught you that that you pretty much reach back to uh, each and every week, right?
2: Oh yeah, all, all the time. You know, I, there was one moment when uh, he was, you know, he was pretty sick, but uh, I had done an interview and they were kind of asking me some of the lessons and things I learned from my dad, and and uh, I had said. You know, one of the big things he, he was always big on, it. he said, never be afraid to run into anybody. You don't want to walk down the street and be scared to see somebody. You know, you have some kind of grudge or whatever. And uh, I had mentioned that on TV, and he saw that, and he thought that was the coolest thing ever. He's like, <laughs> I came back after that that weekend. He's like, you listen to me. He said, you actually listen. All these years I thought you weren't actually listening to me, but you were. So he thought that was really cool. But there's there's a ton of lessons that, that uh, he tried to instill in me for a long time. It's Does that advice. make the races
1: at home you know, more special if you go back to Michigan? I mean, knowing that you're kind of there in front of your family and racing in your dad's honor, if you will.
2: Yeah, it does. I always I always love going back to race at Michigan. I I didn't get to – I felt like I was never going to get to do it because, number one, you had to be 18 to do it. Uh, And then in 2014, I was just old enough to run that race in trucks, and I'm like, oh, I'm going to get to run it this year. But that was the year me and Kyle were splitting the truck. He's like, I haven't won it Michigan yet. So you're going to have to wait till next year. I was like, all right. So finally, I got to run there. But, um, yeah, I go. I stay at my house. I stay with my mom. And uh, it's always fun to go back and spend a little time there. And you you literally do drive back and forth every day. Mm-hmm. It, it is.
1: Yeah. I, I said that on the air. And I thought people thinking that, that I'm crazy. Because it's not <laughs> yeah. a short drive, is no. it, to
2: Byron from yeah. the racetrack? No, it's a little over an hour. It's about an hour, hour and a half, really. But uh, I... I get my buddy from back home and uh, I said, Hey, man, you, uh, you in town this week? He's like, Yeah. I said, We're going to be driving back and forth all weekend. So there's only there's one early morning Saturday. We have a nine o'clock practice. Right. And I get in the car. I said, Man, you got to drive today. If you drive today, I got the rest of the weekend. That's pretty
1: cool that you go back and you do that. Stay in your yeah. own bedroom
2: that mm-hmm. you grew up in and
1: stay with your mom. That's pretty yeah. cool stuff. Of course, Eric wants to finish the year as rookie of the year. That's what he would love to do here in 2017. Coming up in our drivers' meeting. We'll talk about the rookie class and much more. DJ, is it okay if we let Steve come to the driver's meeting? Absolutely. Are you sure? Crew chiefs need to be there. All right. We'll make it a driver and a crew chief meeting. We'll talk about the rookie class and who he has to beat for the championship this year. Welcome back to NASCAR America. You know, Hall of Famer Benny Parsons may have been born in North Carolina. But after high school, he moved to Michigan, where he worked for his father as a taxi cab driver in Detroit and later began his racing career. Eric Jones is continuing Michigan's legacy in NASCAR. He already had an impressive resume before reaching the Cup Series. But unlike some of his peers, Jones does things his way. Here's what he had to say earlier this year about the importance of being friends with his fellow drivers.
3: With Blaney and Chase, who went through this last year being rookies, have they talked to you at all this year, or tried to give you any advice, or, or anything like that?
2: Um, no, not really. I'll be honest with you. I don't. Uh, <laughs> I don't really hang out with the other drivers too much. Uh, you know, I kind of do my own thing, and I show up at the racetrack to do my job, and um, that's kind of how it's always been. You know, I always uh, always live by the mentality that you uh, you bring your friends to the racetrack with you.
1: For more on that topic, it's time for the drivers and crew chief meeting. Stevie, I'll let you start off because I know you love that soundbite from Eric Jones. I absolutely
3: do. So so back in March, I just had a comment on a podcast that I don't like to see the drivers hang out before driver intros. Mm -hmm. It's okay that they're friends, but not on race day, not before battle. I became an Eric Jones fan (laughs) that day and that media (laughs) thing because you basically said you, you bring your friends to the racetrack. So explain
2: and what do you mean by that well so that started a long time ago that started back um geez when I was racing at Owasso racing street stocks and then racing late models and stuff um my dad was always big on it. he's like we don't you know because at first when I started out my racing career in, in go karts I just wasn't that aggressive I, I just wasn't and uh, he's like you know you really gotta we bring our friends to the racetrack he's like you need to go out there and, and you know get aggressive I mean if you got to you know, move someone out of the way, do it. And I'm like, okay, fine, <laughs> all right. And so uh, it just always kind of went from there, and uh, it's never changed. You know, we show up. Late model team, and it's me and three guys, and it's like, oh, I got all my buddies I need right here. So yeah. that's that's all I wanted. Well,
4: I like the idea of being cordial. I mean, these are people oh, that. know, yeah. yeah, this sport is so different than others because <laughs> for 36 weeks, it's the same people that you have to see. Yeah. It's not like the Yankees and the Red Sox, Red Sox, where they only see each other once a month or something. Right. So I like that idea, and I like the idea you have to be uh, aggressive and looking ahead at the, what may, what what troubles may come from that. So let's talk teammates and that. Do they get more respect from you when you're racing someone, uh, knowing that uh, what
2: could be the consequences of that? Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. When I look at teammates, teammates in in racing are tough. I mean, we'll start with that. Teammates in racing are very, very tough. That's one of the toughest things that I had to really learn about and learn how to deal with them, learn, okay, how do you share information? What information do you share? How do you race on the racetrack? And actually, Kyle was a huge help with that. Mm -hmm. He's actually... A great teammate, and um, always on the racetrack. If it's early in the race, I give them you know the extra break. I mean, I always yeah. do. If they catch me, I let them go right away, and, and that's how it always has been for me.
4: And I know it's speculation, but I have to believe at Bristol just a few weeks ago that if you could have got to Kyle yeah. Busch's bumper, that you might have had to make him a little bit mad.
2: Uh yeah, yeah. I think he would understand. Okay, I hope that. he would understand. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, I wasn't, um, I wasn't gonna wreck the guy. I've never. No. Never done that, but definitely if there was the opportunity to, to make a move, it, it was going to happen. But, you know, I think in that situation, um, you're racing for the win, and, and at that point, you, you kind of can't be teammates, you know? You're both yeah. trying to win the race. You, you don't want to obviously take each other out, but, uh, you know, you got to do what it takes to win.
3: Well, he might understand, but I'd wait till Tuesday or Wednesday before I had that conversation with him. But yeah. so, so DJ brings up a good point about teammates. But what we saw at Chicago, I want to know about playoff cars. Mm-hmm. So we see we're very unique in NASCAR, right? You're going to be on the track yeah. trying to win Rookie of the Year, racing against 16 other cars that are still racing for a championship. So mm-hmm. is there any etiquette, in your opinion, from a non playoff car to a playoff car?
2: That's challenging. That's <laughs> another challenging thing. Um, I remember back to last year in the Xfinity series and I was just, like, distraught at Homestead the way that some of the guys were, were racing us. I, you know, it was like, I really thought there was going to be just a lot of respect, and they let it play out. That, you know, I I get we're racing for positions, and they're trying to get the best finish they can, but it's like, we're all, you know, there's four of us here trying to win the championship right now, and you're racing the heck out of me on, like, lap, you know, 50 of the race. So I try to remember that and go back to the what I thought, you know, especially when cup guys would come in and run those Xfinity races in the playoffs. So... I think I just try to kind of relay and, and think about how I want to go about it the way I wanted to be treated in the Xfinity Series when I was out there racing for the playoffs. So I think there's definitely an extra level of respect that needs to be shown, especially in um, high-pressure races, the last cutoff race, and, and especially when we get to Homestead, the four that are racing for the championship, I think uh, the level of respect could be a lot higher.
4: You talked a little bit earlier about moving up and, and how good the guys are, but are there other things or was there one thing since you've been now – 27 races in, uh, that you said, man, th- this really opened my eyes uh, to-, to something, whether it was the competition or the way that they race?
2: Yeah, I think for me, um, it's all the little things that you don't think about that really make a big difference in the Cup Series. And it's it's things just getting in and out of the pit box, getting on and off pit road under green, you know, rolling. There's so many little things that in trucks and Xfinity, we were a lot of times, we were so fast, it's like, well, don't push your lights on pit road. Don't get a speed temp penalty because we're, we're leading. And even if we lose a spot, we'll get it back. You know, Don't slide through your pit box. Don't do all this. Well, okay, I went in the Cup Series and did all that. And they're like, you're the worst guy on pit road by a huge amount. And they're like, you got to fix this. So it's just a big change. And all those little things kind of add up. Things that I didn't really think about before I got yeah. to this level. Yeah.
3: And, and it's sharks in the water. Like from the booth, I can see the race isn't, you know, people think, well, the race for the lead. You go back like tenth, twelfth, fifteenth. The
2: race back there is unbelievable. Yeah. No one get. There's no giving of an inch back there. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah, crazy. It's crazy that every spot on the racetrack is raced like it's it's for the win. You know, I've I've never really experienced that in my career. I, you know, there's a lot of times where you get to racing back there and guys kind of you know you get a lot of give and take. And you get to this level, it's like man, these guys are they're grinding it out, which is cool. You know, I think it's great. I think. Running hard every lap, is, I love it. I mean, I'm all for it, but uh, it's definitely a lot different.
4: Yeah. So 2018, you go back to Joe Gibbs Racing full time there, and, and you talk about being able to communicate uh, with your teammates. That is important uh, up until I think till race time, and then it's all bets off. But mm-hmm. uh, it, is Kyle still that person that you feel like that you can probably most trust and go to, and and uh, get a better understanding of what he may be talking about?
2: Yeah, he is just. I've just been around him so long. I really understand. I really understand his driving style. And I think he really understands my driving style. A lot of the things that I learned were, like I said, from him. So, you know, a lot of the things we do in the car and our tendencies are very similar. Um, And I think I honestly struggle with some of the things that he struggled with as a young driver as well. So asking him and and I'm like, hey, what did you think when you were doing it, you know, at my age and, and how did you go about it? So, it's interesting to kind of ask him those questions and, and learn about how he approaches certain things, and especially when he was a younger driver as well. Yeah.
3: Well, if you've got to learn from somebody, Marty, I would say Kyle Busch is got to be pretty <laughs> high on that list. I would say he's probably uh, top three, wouldn't you say? Yes, probably a safe bet
1: right there. Hey, by the way, we're taking your questions for Eric Jones. Tweet us at NASCAR on NBC. Use the hashtag AskJones. No more Mollick questions, I promise, Jones. He'll answer those coming up in a bit on NASCAR America. Welcome back to NASCAR America Live from the NASCAR Hall of Fame.
4: Well, we're ready for a start for the second segment. Coming to the line, Larson there with Truax, Hamlin and Keselowski in the second row. And then it's that Jones boy in the number 77 running fifth.
1: I love it. Gotta love
4: Ken Squire.
1: Uh, how many tweets did you get calling you the Jones Boy after the Darlington race? <laughs> About every
2: tweet. <laughs> was, yeah, and you're I like, what did, why, why are they calling I, me the Jones Boy? Very confused. I still get tweets that say it. Some people just call me that now. It's pretty <laughs> fun though, yeah, isn't yeah, it? I, I love I it. I mean, Ken great. just
1: picked up and ran with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah it cool. You,
3: you
2: can't pick your nickname, right? Yeah. So, so you, and
3: Ken Squire might be a pretty good one to give somebody
1: a nickname. What so. I found funny, you told us in the break, your grandfather calls you the Jones Boy.
2: Yeah, he's always called. Uh, all of us Jones boys, you know, the Jones boys and that Jones, you know, so he's always, when he when he <laughs> said it, and I figured all that would happen, I, I kind of laughed, and I'm sure he was watching it and kind of yeah. laughing. <laughs> That's pretty cool.
1: That is good. All right, we've asked you for your questions for Eric today, so we'll start those, and uh, I promise no more mullet questions, nice. maybe. Uh, oh. Becky wants to know, as far as drivers, is there
2: one driver that made you want to be an NASCAR driver? That's a good question. Made me want to be a NASCAR ner- driver. You know, I mean, I was always a huge Jeff Gordon fan when I was a kid. When I was getting into racing, it was about uh, 2003, four. So that was about the time. I mean, he was running very well, and um, always just looked up to him. So I guess, I mean, Jeff was probably the guy that that made me want to do it. You know, I, I read his, I read his book when I was a kid before we'd go to bed. Me and my dad would read the book <laughs> together. Really? And, um, yeah. And I wanted to. Fi- I actually, um, I wanted to follow his career path. I wanted to go run uh, um, sprint cars. world I lost sprint cars on dirt and everything. Just never. You know, the way life goes, doesn't work out always. But, uh, yeah, that's what I wanted to do. Yeah, I, mean, I, was, a, I was a
4: huge fan of Jeff Gordon, too, because I had to start racing him every week. <laughs> <laughs> not so much, no.
1: Amazing <laughs> how it's <just> made it <laughs> difficult. When I, when, I, when I started reading 2003, 2004, you know, you were working for Jeff Gordon. Yeah, back yeah, then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've had
3: uh, a lot of races together, Jeff and I.
1: Right. All right, Abby wants to know, how is King Oscar
2: doing? Explain who King Oscar is first. He's good. He's uh, <laughs> he's my dog. He's uh, a German Shepherd. <clears throat> he's four months old now. Um He's, he's getting so big so quick. I didn't think he'd get so big so fast. He, I got him. He weighed like nine pounds, and now three months later, he, or two months later, he weighs 30. Wow. He's, yeah, he's large. He's got a long ways to go, too. Yeah, he's still, at him. he's still going. He's got some big old paws on him, big <laughs> old meat hooks. He's a big dude
1: for four months. Yeah, um, he's big, 30 pounds. AJ wants to know, next question, about what other forms of motorsport you might be interested in racing in?
2: that I would be interested in racing in um you know I've never thought about that too much I <laughs> I uh, NASCAR was always just my thing that's what I always wanted to do but I mean if I had the opportunity Formula 1's always been really interesting to me I remember when uh when uh, Jeff and Juan Pablo swapped seats at Indy that one time that was really cool and um, I always thought that'd be pretty neat you know it's just so different I mean it's it just I would always I've always wanted to see a NASCAR driver go to Formula One and see how they would do. Because you've seen the Formula One guys come over, the IndyCar people come over. Um, so to see a NASCAR guy go to Formula One would be interesting. Another Abby wants to know what you like to do in the offseason. You know, I go home to Michigan, and I don't do a lot. I uh, I go home, spend time there, um, go out, hang out, friends and family, just take time off and take time away from racing and the grind of it all and, and soak it up. I, I've got a vacation plan. I'm going to um, – Cabo. I've never been down there, so that'd be fun. Very good. Yeah, for New Year's, Very good. So that'd be
1: fun. All right, Evan wants to know, your favorite town in northern Michigan. I cannot pronounce northern. Evan's hometown. Kalaska? Is that it? Kalaska. I don't yeah. know. I'd
2: have to see it. Yeah. Charlevoix is probably one of my favorites up there. Okay. Um, Charlevoix, uh, really nice. Traverse City, that whole area. Um, or if you go to the UP, obviously Mackinac City is really cool. Go up there and spend some time. It's pretty neat. Very there. beautiful part of the country, isn't it? Yeah, it's like a different world.
1: It in is up north. Yeah, it's different. exactly. So you got about 400 Twitter questions. Five of them we could use that were not about the mullet. Every other one was about the mullet. So I got to tell you, they all want to know when it's coming off. So for way of review, it's coming off in, a, in November, correct? Hey, any publicity
2: is good publicity. Yeah,
1: well, you right. know, hey, you, like you said on the show, you're cutting it at the end of the season, uh, correct? Prob-
3: right around that time. Right. I didn't hear that solid of a commitment. Don't yeah. put words in the well, mouth. He said late I, November. I, I,
1: he said late November. That time frame. Yes. That time frame, yes. yeah. It's been fun having you, man. I want yeah, to crazy. thank the NASCAR Hall of Fame for letting us hang out today, and you as well. We'll be back here tomorrow, 5 p.m. Eastern, for more NASCAR America. Have a great evening, everyone.